Welcome to the Vantage Point with your host, Tony Sherman. Hey everyone, Anthony Sherman here. Welcome to the Vantage Point Podcast. If this is your first time listening, thanks for joining us. The Vantage Point Podcast is brought to you by Vantage Tactical Solutions, a safety and awareness training company. Each week, we will discuss topics relating to your overall safety and well-being. Feel free to add our podcast to your favorite RSS feed or iTunes, as well as follow us on Facebook at Vantage Tactical. Uh, again, my name is Tony Sherman, and I am with Jill. So Jill Weisensell, uh, she's a a um, trainer for Vistalar, former law enforcement, and we're going to get into some of the things, Jill, that uh, some of the things that we're going to talk about is safety and awareness and uh, your involvement and in what you've done. You started off your career in law enforcement. Let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah, sure. First of all, Tony, thanks for having me. Um, 20 plus years, healthcare security, uh, campus public safety, and law enforcement, uh, spending most of that time on uh, night shift in the inner city of Milwaukee. Uh, so basically, I've had every security experience from uniformed, ununiformed, uh, armed, unarmed, sworn, and non-sworn. Okay. And how has that helped you in, in your career that you're doing as a trainer right now? No, that's, that's a great question. I think it gives me... Uh, a very diverse background, a lot of experiences, especially we're working primarily in the healthcare vertical now. What we're seeing is a lot of hospitals are trying to make a transition from contract security to do we have our own security? And being able to speak from the perspective of sworn, non-sworn, armed, unarmed really gives you a, just a different perspective. Okay. Um, also, some of the things that you've done with Vistalar is um, your title with Vistalar is the in- instructional design? What? Yep, yep, the instructional design lead. Lead. Talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, so I've been working with the Vistalar team part-time for the last 10 years, you know, training with trainers, fantastic trainers like you. We all Thank very you. very much uh, like mindset. Uh, came on board full-time two years ago, really uh, t- taking that big picture thinking with the curriculum. Uh, we train everything from words to weapons, right? And mm-hmm. everything, you know, what to do when people use words as weapons. Uh, and being able to put our fantastic training into slide decks, workbooks, manuals, facilitator guides, you know, to be able to replicate it uh, was a challenge, especially for a company growing, expanding, um, taking off in multiple verticals. Uh, you know, we, we really needed the support in, in being able to replicate the material. Exactly. And your training now as, as a trainer, this is your second year uh, with us at the USCCA Expo training all of Dave Young's programs from active shooter to weapon protection retention to win the gunfight and family safety plans. What's your experience so far these last few years? Well, for, I love this conference. Um, really different from SHOT Show, right? So at SHOT Show, you might see a lot of people who are um, high speed, <laughs> high speed, no drag type people, a lot of operators in their own right, a lot of equipment. Here you have people who are uh, responsible firearm owners, right? You have people who really want to learn and start from scratch. If they're new to firearms and new to guns, there's no safer place to do it and no better community to, to start off. Exactly. So all of your um, experience that you've had within law enforcement, um, you have you, you previously written a book for Vistalar for campus safety. Touch base a little bit about your involvement with campus uh, law enforcement. Yeah, so I spent uh, the majority of my career with the Marquette University Police Department uh, in Milwaukee. You know, it was public safety for multiple years, then we became sworn in 2015. And during that time, I did a lot of our training with uh, not only the department, but with the students, faculty, and staff, which I loved working with the students, faculty, and staff. 
oftentimes parents would ask me, you know, Jill, if you were sending your kids here, you know, first time in a college campus, what would you want them to know? Uh, at, at the same time, Vistelar was publishing their book, their first book series, the Confidence and Conflict series, mm-hmm. uh, and they asked me if I, you know, would put it on paper, and and I did, ripped it out, and really that became the must, you know, must have go to resource for a high school kid. What I would want my own child to know if they were going to go to college to stay safe. Now, I when I do uh, self defense and awareness training um, every year, July, August, um, I get a lot of uh, moms and their daughters heading off to college. I've actually had some moms and their sons. You know, their first year in college, away from the family. Usually it's um, out of state or out of town and um, that they're no longer living at home, I should say, while attending college. Um, I reference your book a lot um, because of the fact that I tell them where to find it, where to get it from, because it does talk deeply about maintaining your safety while on campus. So there's a lot, I mean, you as law enforcement campus, um, me former law enforcement, campus law enforcement officer, uh, there's a lot of things that we have to prepare the parents for too, that their child, that their student is going to get involved with, right? So the safety is primary and everyone, every parent's biggest nightmare is to get that call, right? And I think that book really brings an awareness to what we have to do. Speaking of books, you have a new book. Yeah, really excited to announce that. Finally published uh, just this past week, actually. Hold it up from the camera there. Ending Lateral Violence. Let's talk a little bit about that book. <laughs> yeah, so so this book uh, came to be, you know, with the last 10 years working with Vistelar, a lot of times when we do our conflict management training, as you know, it sounds like we're training the conflict that's us versus them. Mm-hmm. So in the healthcare setting, it's, you know, the nurses interacting with maybe angry patients or this conflict us them, right? Mm-hmm. Or teachers versus students. And a lot of times in our classes, people would raise their hand and say, you know, well, what about like, what do you do when your, your co-worker's a jerk? You know, and, and what we started to realize was there's gap in a curriculum out there, you know, with other conflict management uh, training companies as well. And there's this huge uh, need to address this issue in the workplace. Exactly. So question, why this top topic and why now? Yeah. So part of it was, um, was the fact that we realized the gap in the curriculum and it was important to address. The second reason is when we were looking into the content, uh, we, we noticed that whether it was a federal, like an OSHA regulation or state mandate in healthcare joint commission, uh, the, you needed mandatorily to have workplace violence prevention committees. And being a newer position, a lot of the people being appointed to those positions have very little experience in workplace violence prevention or the collaborative nature of um, you know, how to build the program front to back, what type of training, how to sustain it, what's an HR best practice. Uh, so this really kind of evolved into not only being my life's work in bystander intervention, uh, but also how can you apply it in the workplace and how can I make this a blueprint and a resource for somebody in that position who doesn't have a lot of experience. Right. And you just mentioned something for HR, right? And this book was written for anyone, but organizationally speaking, you lean hard on leadership. Expound more a little bit about that. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Tony. So that, um, so when we talk about workplace, like workplace toxicity, so we know that in uh, 21, 2021, between April and September, almost 24 million Americans resigned. They quit their jobs. Almost 70% of them were citing workplace toxicity or um, negative behavior from their bosses or their coworkers. It wasn't the nature of the work themselves. Uh, so when you look at creating an environment that is emotionally and physically safe for everyone, we have to realize that everybody has a role to play. And if you are a supervisor or a leader specifically, 
uh, you have even more ownership in that. It's top-down leadership, top-down approach to what type of behavior are you truly going to allow to happen in your presence. Uh, if you're a supervisor and you ignore, you witness something and you ignore it, you've owned it, right? You've condoned it, exactly. uh, right? So at the end of the day, you know, being being a leader, leadership is a verb. Uh, and if you don't recognize the role that you can play in creating that environment, maintaining that for your people, and your attrition rate is through the roof, uh, you have to actually take a hard look at yourself. Yep. And in your book, uh, about halfway through the book, you present a case study about um, a once exemplary, a really good employee, right, uh, who ends up going down a negative performance review, uh, and he's eventually fired. Um, I thought it was pretty interesting um, in that he offered a really good perspective of, of that situation. So what also used that introduced the topic of staying left at bang. And as a tactical instructor, I love that phrase, staying left of the, of the bang. So can you discuss how you associated that with the situation? Yeah. So, um, you know, the concept of left to bang originally came from the Marine Corps Combat Hunter Program. There's other material, other books out there on it. Mm -hmm. uh, and I, I was just fascinated by it because when you look at um, events in the workplace, so whether it be uh, exemplary employee eventually getting fired, whether it be an active shooter, active killer type situation, um, any, any really negative event that happens, a robbery, right? Typically, we fail to see all the signs. If you had a timeline, right, and you're, you're going from here to here on a timeline, and this is the negative event, there's all these red flags, the leakage uh, that happens along the way. And we fail to see them. We fail to see that if I could have intervened here at, at the negative, disrespectful comment, the insult, or the behavior, if I had intervened here, what I would need to do closer in timeline to the event would, would be less, right? So I have to intervene at a, a more extreme level the closer we get to somebody snapping, right? People say, well, it just happened out of the blue. Right. It never does. Right. Um, you really set this book up as a call to action for anyone, any organization, any entity that reads this book. I'm um, saying we all have a role to play in preventing workplace violence. Um, and you also explain more in detail that it also comes in hand with lateral violence. And we teach, you know, in our non-escalation training, we teach about understanding um, gateway behaviors, right? And, and in the workforce, in the workplace, there's so many different mindsets that we have that we have to put on different hats as leaders in the organization, right? So um, how do you say and what do you say? Do you have any key takeaway points related to that which you're trying to share? Yeah, so I think a lot of times people say, you know, what, it's not me, it's not my problem, I shouldn't have to intervene. And so let's say, they, for example, you have several employees standing around a water cooler and a new hire comes in and uh, maybe the employees just aren't, you know, aren't very happy about that particular hire or they want to question their competence right out the gate and they make a you know, snide comment, something like, oh, that must have been another diversity hire. And like five, six people start laughing, right? And you've now owned it, you've condoned it, you've, you've chipped in. Uh, and people think these intervention moments have to be like superhero cape and you have to go out there and get physical and all. And there's so many other options, right? You can... You could choose to say something in the moment, but you could also, after the fact, say something. And it doesn't have to be to the person who said it. It could always be to the person who was impacted by it. Exactly. Um, so that definitely breaks some of that down. And it's less about what you have to do, and it's more about what you say and how you say it. How, how, do, you, how do you engage in that conversation with someone who may have more authority than you uh, in a respectful way, in a non-confrontational way? Mm -hmm. And that's really that's the art of non-escalation. What are all those things that we can say and do to, to not set someone off? How can we bring the situation down and address it respectfully uh, to create an environment that is uh, emotionally and physically safer? Excellent. All right. 
took the words right out of my mouth with that one. You know, we, we talk about so often in our non-escalation training is communication alignment because sometimes your your demeanor, your your non-verbal speak louder than words, right? Yeah, so, absolutely. So I want to give everyone an opportunity. Uh, the book is fresh off the publisher, and you can find the book. Um, I'm going to share my screen here. Um, you can find the book on Amazon. Uh, was that price $12, $12 for paperback? Ending Ladder of Violence, Creating Emotionally and Physically Safe Workplaces. I'm going to go ahead and include this link um, in the comments below um, in, 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 this, in this live podcast here. So I'm going to include you, the link so you can uh, download, click, and purchase this book. It's a great read. I highly encourage everyone to read this book. Jill, I want to thank you so much for being my guest on the show, for being part of uh, Vistalar and Armored Training, and being here with us um, training uh, civilians here at the United States Concealed Carry Ex uh, Expo. Um, safety, awareness, firearm safety, um, and have we have another class tomorrow. But tonight we're gonna we're gonna eat well and, and have a social gathering tonight with the the crew at USCCA. So, uh, Jill, any last words you want to say? Yeah, uh, two things. Number one, do everything you can to be safe safe by choice and not by chance. Uh, take take every opportunity to train and practice what you train. And then, Tony, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Oh, you, you bet. It's my pleasure. And uh, always, everyone, remember. Be aware, be prepared, survival through training. So, again, thank you for joining us at the Vantage Point Podcast, and uh, until next time. And that brings us to the end of our show. Thank you for listening. The Vantage Point Podcast comes out every week. If you have any questions, email us at info at or post a topic on our Facebook page. You can also leave a message with a request or your question at 414-377-4225. Again, thank you for listening, and join us next time on The Vantage Point. And remember, be aware, be prepared, survival through training.